are listening to Wrestling is for Girls, a weekly wrestling podcast that's more color commentary than play-by-play. Each week, we dig into Raw, SmackDown, recent pay-per-views, and wrestling news, plus all the random stuff we can't wait to talk about with each other and with you. I am Abigail, and I am here with my co-host and platonic life mate, Jillian. Jillian, how the heck are you this week? I am heckin' great. How are you? (laughs) I am also heckin' great. It's the heckin' best wrestling podcast that has a heckin' low listenership, but, you know, the heart's there. I'm feeling good. It was a really good week in wrestling. It really—it was a very interesting week in wrestling. Yeah, there was a lot. I think it was—it was definitely like a week of highs and lows and what's. So maybe if you're amenable to it, we could start with some of the what and talk okay. about some uh, behind-the-scenes corporate news for WWE. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> the sadness near love. Okay. Yeah, we can do it. Um, I feel like we are contractually obligated to address this, but I want to make clear that I don't think either of us are very happy about it. Um, this week, we learned that due to what appears to be somewhat of a hostile takeover, Vince McMahon is returning to the board of directors for WWE. Boo. So, like, I'm not a businessy person, so I don't know what all that means, but. He's on the board of directors, but like, I'm curious, like how much control he has. I, I'm curious how much like fucking around with creative he's going to do. I hope right. none of it. So not for the first time. I learned everything I know about the situation from a TMZ article. Thanks, TMZ. <laughs> Thanks, TMZ. A <laughs> uh, big shout out. So I didn't Cutting learn every- journalism. <laughs> I didn't learn everything I know, but they did a pretty good job, I think, of breaking it down. So basically, the problem is that even after his exit from the company, which I just want to remind everyone in case they have forgotten, that Vince retired because of allegations of sexual misconduct and paying women hush money to shut up about said sexual misconduct. Mm -hmm. So this is not like, you know, Vince retired to spend more time with the grandkids or something. Also, uh, the allegations against him of using wwe's money to pay this hush money are currently under federal investigation he may have committed a financial crime yeah i'm not sure how he's able to get back on the board like especially if he's under investigation like that's a big damn deal when you're under investigation for that stuff so i don't he either has dirt on like everybody or i don't know i think there's two things to remember one white collar criminals are never held accountable for their crimes that's true Two, and this is something I didn't know until I read this article from TMZ, but basically, like, even if you get rid of him from the company, he is still the majority shareholder. Ugh, he's so gross. So even when he's not on the board of directors, they pretty much answer to him. Yeah. So what I learned is that basically he is going to assume his, reassume his role as executive chairman to help negotiate a TV deal because he was basically not going to agree to any sales that were made without him at the helm or any TV deals. Okay. So apparently, you know, the condition of his return is that he will, quote, repay all of the investigation-related expenses incurred by the company... 
and that he would not serve as, quote, an officer, director, or employee of WWE during the government investigation. So we're safe-ish from him from now? Or on paper, anyway? He claims we're safe from him. He says he doesn't want to be involved with creative, with day-to-day management. He's not going to interfere with that. Do I believe him? I don't. No. And I I think the extremely milquetoast PR statement that came out is certainly not encouraging so basically what he's done is packed the board of directors with allies yeah yeah so when when you heard this news like what were your what were your thoughts and feelings what was your well, first I mean, response you texted me <laughs> and told me about it and i don't remember exactly what i wrote but i know there was like capital letters and me screaming fuck no or something like that oh my um, gosh i kind of want to find it now because I, my favorite part that I remember was you responding, Alexa, play Didn't We Have It All? Didn't We Almost Have It All? Followed by Send in the Clowns. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Yes. I wrote, yeah, I wrote no in all caps and then fuck. You did. <laughs> so I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm pretty standard in my responses to these things. And I said, I'm just hoping he doesn't like do anything. Yeah, I, you know, I I think this is a classic case of a control issue. Oh, totally. I mean. Dude's a control freak, 100%. You know, the the quality of this program has been demonstrably better in his absence. And I, I struggle to imagine that his input at a creative level could make any positive changes. Is he reinstated effective immediately? I believe he is reinstated effective immediately. Okay, we're going to have to pay close attention to like storylines and what happens and see who gets pushes because Seriously. I don't know. I have some suspicions based on some people that are getting pushes. So, yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to have to keep a close eye on Smackdown this week. I'm nervous. <laughs> I just really am enjoying it. I don't want him to ruin it. So, it remains to be seen how all of this news with Vince is going to pan out, but one thing that does not remain to be seen is SmackDown. Because we've seen it. Because it aired last Friday. (laughs) (laughs) We have watched it. We can confidently address SmackDown. And it began, as all SmackDown should, the bloodline was in our city. They were, and I was actually, like, really surprised that Roman Reigns was there. I was like, what? They're starting and Roman Reigns is coming out? I I was just kind of amazed. And I liked that this week it seemed like they were destroying all that shit, like, to welcome Roman to the ring. Like, <laughs> all hail the tribal chief. We are throwing office chairs like we are looting a staples. I got a little confused because I was like, wait, didn't this already happen? But it's because they did it <laughs> before on SmackDown. And I was like, wait, or on Raw. And I was like, what's happening? But uh, I think that Roman Reigns' entrance is trying to rival the length of Bray's entrance. Hmm, and maybe someday we need to do a segment on ranking entrances from like longest to not as longest. I love that idea. Cause I mean, I feel like Roman's entrance requires time built into it for admiration. Yes. It's all about glorifying him, right? Right. Like, you know, they all have to do like the bloodline salute, mm-hmm. which um, because I'm a bloodline detective, I noticed that Jay and Solo both lowered their salute well before Jimmy and Sammy did. 
Oh, you are a bloodline mm, detective. Well, you know, it helps that uh, I really do consider them the cornerstone of the show. But um, Sammy did it the longest because I think he's the most loyal. Should we? He's a ride or die. Should we call you a bloodhound? Oh. oh. <laughs> no, it's that was funny. a genuine groan. I liked it. <laughs> um, that's a really good, good, well spotted. Thank you. Thank you for that. Did you see the sign in the crowd that said token straight friend? I did not, but that's wonderful. <laughs> it was really funny. Oh my goodness. So this felt, uh, to me, this felt a little like a trap because yes, Roman says he wants to hear from Sammy. Yes. I was like, he's totally going to just tear him a new one. Like Sammy looked once again, so happy to be there was so cute and I was just like I feel like I Roman's gonna demand Sammy explain why they lost yeah and I I feel like Sammy experienced my least favorite work experience during this segment where your boss looks at you and says what do you think happened here oh god it's just like <laughs> there's no winning that situation <laughs> there's absolutely no winning all you can do is say like well I was a genetic mistake you know, and I think that's where our problem started. <laughs> well, and like Roman kind of going cuckoo through this whole thing, like <laughs> like yelling and Paul Heyman in the background, like covering his mouth in shock was just killing me. It was too much. And he's just like all... screaming at him. And it was very upsetting. Yes. Poor Sammy was so sad. And I hated that he wasn't looking at Sammy while he was talking. For a while, like, he, like, was, he was just forward? kind of like, Is that yes, when he was just like addressing him, but not addressing yeah, it's him. It's gross. so dehumanizing. It really is. Um, I never want Roman Reigns to yell at me, which, you know, I think is an achievable goal. <laughs> I, so. I don't want to jinx it, but I think I can manage this. Like, I feel like if we get to the point where it's possible, you might come across <laughs> him and it's possible he might yell at you. I think we're doing really well for ourselves, but I too hope he never yells at you. I just, I was trying to imagine while I was preparing for tonight, like how upset I would be if one day Roman Reigns listens to this podcast and is like, that's fucked up. <laughs> you are fucked up. And I want you to stop. Be like, okay, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I was feeling oozy and things got out of control. We don't say anything that's not true, Roman. So that's true. Um, but as awful as Roman was during this segment, um, there was a hero. There was a hero. And that hero was, as always, Kevin Owens. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. He came running out to defend Sammy's honor, and I was like, this is so wonderful. They're totally going to get back together again. Yeah. And he said, your problem isn't with Sammy. Your problem is with me. I mean, that's boyfriendism right there. So that's it was at that moment that I was like, I bet KO would be a great boyfriend. Aw, he probably would. You know, like, I bet he's always game to get pizza. Like, heavy things need to be moved. He's like, babe, let me get it. Loves a snuggle. Let me get it. Right? Gives great hugs. And I bet he would listen to you talk about your little Kindle books. Probably. Let you read like, him. Yeah, no, I'm totally passages. interested. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like, look. My knees in the shape they're in. I don't think we can do that, but it's interesting, and I'm glad you shared it with me. You'll be like, read this in French for me. <laughs> but it'll be horrible, Quebec French. <laughs> oh, you just lost a boyfriend. 
It will be okay. I'm sorry. It it will be the least sexy French. I'm just gonna put. Look, I'd listen to it and I'd enjoy it, but not in maybe that way. I haven't heard a ton of Quebec French, so I think it's just it's a little harsher. Yeah, I think it's not so. It's like not as melodic, and I think that's a big bone of contention. I think between the the uh, French French and the French Canadians. And apparently between me as well. I, have a lot of I never knew this side of you. I didn't know you hated the Quebecois <laughs> so much. I do not hate it. I just, uh, I, I have some questions about its value for like lyrical readings. I that, think TMZ is on the phone for you wondering why you hate Quebec. <laughs> they want a statement. <laughs> so uh, where do you think, where do you think this is? I mean, we know where it's going later in the show, but right. like, and I don't want to get ahead too far. Do you think the KO has the advantage now? Do you think Roman has the advantage? Like coming out of this altercation. So I think this shows that Roman does not have much of a handle on life and reality. And he's very easily angered. Like he gets, he was like, I didn't lose. Like very kind of bonkers about it. And I feel like that's not very... I don't know the politics of tribes very well, I must say, but I feel like as a tribal leader, you take on the responsibility of the tribe, and that includes wins and losses, and he's mm-hmm. not being very leadershipy. He's not being very oozy. Well, that's the thing. I think anytime you have a community, an organization, if you're the leader, you have to have the most accountability, right? Yes. Now, certainly... Um, it doesn't always work that way, but he definitely, he doesn't have a handle on himself. Right. You know, KO makes him lose his shit. So, and apparently Sammy's balls are in Roman's pocket. So that might throw off his balance a little bit. Well, you know, you got to put him where you got to put him. Keep him safe. <laughs> keep, keep it secret. <laughs> keep it safe. I mean, with uh, airplane baggage check fees, what they are these days, you got to store things wherever you can that you can carry on. I think what this is doing, I, I, I like that they're doing this like a slow sort of progression. I, it seems like mm-hmm. almost every time we see Roman, there's like a new crack in yes the facade of like the perfect tribe, perfect group, perfect faction. Like, I think it's slowly going to start splintering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm enjoying how they're doing it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's very compelling storytelling. It is for sure. Like I feel like I haven't been this interested in a story in a while for uh, as far as wrestling is concerned. So, in terms of how your interest stacks up, were you equally as interested in Kofi Kingston versus Santo Escobar in the coming match? Um. No. <laughs> no. I mean, I love Kofi. I enjoy watching Santos Escobar. I liked that the one guy, I can't, I don't know the other guy's names. Like, I don't know which one is which. It might have been Joaquin. Um, totally had a Seth Rollins jacket on, like that little tiny short yes. jacket. I enjoyed that. Joaquin Wilde. It was yes. Joaquin. Awesome. Okay. I'm glad I, I'm glad I identified him correctly. Um, I like that the Kofi, like they, it was definitely like a Royal Rumble preview match. Like, Look at all the cool shit Kofi Kingston does. I agree with that. I think for me, I think that got a little bit in the way of just having a good match. Yeah, it was a show match. 
Yeah, it was fun to see all those spots. But okay, so at one point, Michael Cole is like, remember Escobar's match with Ricochet? Yeah. And I was like, I'm trying to remember that because this is slow and weirdly paced because it's just like rumble spot after rumble spot. And I I get it. I 100% get it. But I kind of just wanted these two just to have a a regular match and just show what they can do because both of them are outstanding. Yeah, it wasn't they both of them are outstanding and it's kind of I still find the New Day's position kind of strange right now at the moment because right. Like they're NXT champs and they come like I don't know what's really going on with them, so they feel like in a weird limbo spot for me. Yeah, and you know, down in NXT, they're pretty engaged in this sort of thing where like they're having matches, but they're also taunting um Oh, I'm going to get their name wrong. I want to say it's pretty deadly. And they are supposed to be like British pretty boys. Oh, I like who British pretty boys. Who were the former NXT. Are they actually pretty? I mean, you know, they're they're regular looking dudes. You know, I have high standards. I don't think you would describe them as pretty boys. Okay. But that's their, that's their gimmick. Um, So like a lot of what they're doing down there is like taunting them about getting the titles back. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, and I get why it's disconnected. This is just to drum up interest Yeah. in the rumble. But I mean, there was also this sort of great spot where Santos Escobar kind of like boosted Kofi up and then Kofi kind of like stomped down on him. Yes. Oh, that was amazing. He was like standing on his hips. Yes. And then he like jumped off his chest. Yeah. That was amazing. Yes. That was the coolest spot of the night. Um, Well, I was like, yes, please this this is it yeah that was amazing yeah so i mean it was for me it was a good match is there anything that i am glossing over here that you want to not that i into? not that i remember i was just really i noticed i remember jacket and a cool spot <laughs> and that's all anybody can ask for jacket I mean, and a cool spot yeah oh my gosh that is the title of seth rollins autobiography <gasps> jacket and a cool spot jacket in a cool spot see we need to be in there i feel like we just be that like handing out genius ideas left and right banger after banger, banger after, after banger, banger. <laughs> amazing <laughs> and i feel like this match was maybe a little overshadowed by the announcement that came directly after it which is when we learn that kevin owens will face roman reigns at the Rumble for the Undisputed Universal Championship and Sammy's honor. Yeah, I mean, they mentioned it kind of, I feel like they mentioned it before, right? Because Kayo was like, I'm going to fight you at the Rumble. It was, like, it was at the beginning. But then they were like, are they going to make it official? And then they went through other things and then they made it official. I'm like, right. usually they make it official. <laughs> Just like dropping it out of nowhere. But I'm V excited for that match. Yes. Do you think he's going to win? I mean, I know we're going to do predictions <sighs> next week, but. Okay, I'm not prepared to make my prediction, but what okay. I am prepared to say is as much as I love Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. I want KO to win. It would be so, it would, oh my gosh, it would just like create so much chaos in the bloodline. It would be fabulous. It would be. So, I mean, I guess we'll have to stay tuned on that, but you know, the Royal Rumble picture is really heating up as we uh, close in on close in on this and tighten up the booking and everybody has rumble on their mind. Yeah. Hopefully they'll have it all figured out by the time we do our next taping so that we can actually predict. Dear dad, I know our predictions aren't great, but we do need some input from you. 
dear dad get your shit together we can't continue this podcast without our predictions (laughs) then we never hear from dad again it's like one of those terrible fundraising emails it's like jillian and abigail we can't do it without you (laughs) dear dad we can't do it without you be like why do they keep thinking that i'm participating in this also if you could send seven dollars before midnight that would be really helpful and then pass this on to your friend. Otherwise, you'll have bad luck for four years. <laughs> oh, Chain goodness. fundraising letter. And then, of course, we also, you know, we have our big announcement. And then you see the bloodline is going backstage to confer with Roman. Mm-hmm. And the most heartbreaking thing happens. Mm-hmm. They shut him out. They shut Sammy they out, just right? shut. I said him, but it's Sammy. They shut Sammy out. Yeah, that was sad. His little sad face. He was totally sad. I like that Paul calls him Shmooley. I think that's adorable. I know. It's like a sweet little nickname. That's his name in the in his phone, apparently, when he asks Siri to call Shmooley. <laughs> that's his code name. But yeah, that was sad. Sammy Sammy is, has such a great expressive face that like you absolutely know. know what he's feeling at every moment. And I feel like if I ever hurt his feelings, I would just, I would apologize immediately. Yeah. And just be very angry with myself. Mm-hmm. That's his secret power. Very, very angry. It is. So I guess a little less endearing, but extremely engaging. We have LA Knight backstage. Yeah. And uh, he's going to talk to us whether we let him or not. He doesn't care about talk consent. He's going to talk. Yeah. I I know he's working really hard to get these like sayings over, right? He wants, he really wants, let me talk to you to be on a t-shirt. And it might be at this point, I haven't yes. looked. Or a, a big yeah on a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fine. I did like when he said, <laughs> when the lights go down, Bray Wyatt's lights go out. <laughs> Like, that's one of the more coherent things that he said, I guess, is some kind of, like, zinger. It's pretty good. But apparently the pitch black matches anything goes, and I'm pretty excited about that. Well, what happens in the dark stays in the dark. And I did some further research. Pitch black is a flavor. Okay. And apparently it's purple. Like it tastes purple or it's colored purple? (laughs) I don't know what the taste is, but the color is purple. Okay. But it probably tastes purple. Well, you know what I mean, right? Like some things taste red and some things taste blue. It probably tastes purple. Probably purple is the dominant flavor. (laughs) It's like he also. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say like it's okay. So it's a citrus punch flavor. Uh, Oh, (laughs) I don't know. Citrus is not a purple flavor. Yeah, so it's gonna. I'm guessing it's like a tropical punch, but they've made it purple. Popical punch, like, like purple punch. <laughs> so I should be on every it's marketing team punch. ever. I, I feel like grape is a purple flavor. Mm-hmm. Pomegranate maybe, although more of a red flavor. Blackberry. Mm-hmm. Maybe black raspberry. I'm really offended by this. I'm very in the weeds on the pitch black situation. I'm going to keep my eye out for it at the store. And if I see one randomly, I want to try it. Like, I don't know that I'm going to buy an entire two liter, but I'd buy a 20 ouncer and give it a whirl. Here is my goal. I would like to buy a 20 ouncer and consume it specifically 
during this match. Ooh, I was going to say, so, or consume it during our prediction show. <laughs> or the, oh my gosh, we should try it. We should do like a maintenance yeah. phase with the celery juice and we should try it on air. Okay. I'm going to try to remember Aubrey to do that. Aubrey and Michael would be proud. That would be amazing. Yes. All right. That's on the to-do list. Okay. So I also like that LA Knight had a walking in Memphis callback. I missed it. He did. I, I didn't write down exactly what he said, but he threw in some lyrics from walking in Memphis, a, a timeless 90s hit. Okay. So I didn't hear him say that because I was too busy cracking myself up about memories of when I was in Memphis. And I kept singing, walking in Memphis, every time I was outside or on Beale Street. Like, I just made sure that I kept saying that. So he was probably saying it while I was. I mean, I feel like you guys are kindred spirits. I'm LA Night levels of cool. I think so. <laughs> that that sounded like an insult, and I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I really love his commitment to the idea that Uncle Howdy is Bray's goon. Yeah. I mean, now Bray Wyatt could be putting on this like really elaborate ruse, right? Where he like certainly has the goon Uncle Howdy come out and give him the sister Abigail and like, good job, you know, we're going to fool him, man. But like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know what LA Knight's game is. Like, I really don't know what his deal is. Like, does he want to take over Uncle Howdy and have Uncle Howdy as his (laughs) goon? Like, (laughs) I don't get it. He just wishes Uncle Howdy would text back. Ooh, ghosted. You know, just don't leave him on red. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, I feel like L.A. Knight needs to not talk to me, and he needs to listen. He is not an active listener. Right. He needs to close his mouth for just a moment or two, and open his ears and his heart, because Bray is like, I'm in crisis, man. <laughs> I am plagued by nefarious demons on all sides, man. And L.A. Knight is not is not like getting the communication. No, he's not. He's just not there. So it's still, you know, like you said before, this kind of war between traditional, you know, read toxic masculinity versus this like new form of masculinity Bray Wyatt is trying to establish slash is struggling with. Yeah, and I, I feel like right now he is, you know, losing the battle to his past commitment to toxicity. But, you know, I, I truly believe he's going to move past that. We shall see. We shall see. And then after this segment, things, uh, you know, things always get weird with L.A. Knight and Bray. And then I think it's safe to say that they stayed weird as we entered a, um, I don't want to say intergender because that's not really what happened no. here. Mixed a mixed tag. gender. Yeah mixed tag between Carrie and Cross and uh, Our Lady of the Spooky Darkness, Scarlet. <laughs> Our Lady of the Sad Dead Horse. Yes. Uh, this match was actually in honor of that horse. <laughs> and they took on Emma and Madcap Moss, who it's really not cool, but before the match, Carrie and Cross heavily implied to Scarlet that they were responsible for the horse's death. I got her revved up. didn't see any hype for this match. Like, I was just very surprised by it. Like, oh, all of a sudden, there's Karrion Cross. Like, I I don't know. It was kind of an interesting thing. You'd think they'd want to talk about it some more because, as you pointed out before, like, they brought back Emma. So, like, fucking do something with her. But instead, they're just like, oh, maybe. Yeah, it felt like we forgot about this for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. 
And then we're like, oh, Emma and Madcap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had been a while. So I don't know if you noticed this, but <laughs> I really liked that uh, Michael Cole called Scarlet a cunning seductress, excuse me, a cunning seductress and mistress of evil. I did not hear him say that. And he referred to Karrion Cross as the Doomwalker. I do, I do remember him calling him the Doomwalker. I'm just like, I feel like I am legit listening to somebody break down the beginning of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, I like that Karrion and Scarlet had coordinated outfits. I really expected yeah. Scarlet to wear like an all black wrestling outfit, a la you know mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley. Or every other thing that Scarlet wears. And she wore gold and black. And he wore gold and black. And I thought that was sweet. I feel like she is often initially spooky. And then breaks down her outfit to something that looks like you might see in a pageant. Yeah, it goes like... I feel like it kind of goes spooky. Verge of goofy. And then she gets it back together and goes back to spooky. I mean, like, I'm glad she got to wrestle. Yes, me too. I was excited to see that because I've been yeah, curious, me right? Me too. I, I don't know if they're going to have her do more. I don't know. I couldn't get a feel for this match. No, it was, I enjoyed it, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it was really at the end, you know, we pull out the tarot cards and it's just kind of like a stopgap yep. until Rey Mysterio is out of his little boot and ready to yep. throw down. And of course, over the tragedy that he faced at Christmas time. And Due to the incarceration of his son. Yeah, and probably the upcoming Valentine's Day scandal that'll happen. I feel like we're right. still being teased with those tarot cards, too. I actually checked again. They're still not in the shop. It's bullshit. I want them. It felt sort of, this match felt sort of fillery. Like, they have this yeah. kind of, like, they, they've built this storyline. Because I feel like there's some matches that just happen. Like, they just happen because yes. there's... This is a wrestling show. We have wrestling matches. And some they choose to build a story around. And they've chosen to build a story around this one. And they're not doing anything with it. So. that's I think that describes my feelings pretty well, too. So, yeah. At the end, when they put the Rey Mysterio mask on Madcap. Very awkwardly. I shame that kink. The, I shame it. The putting the mask on someone else kink? Yeah, I I think forcing your um your partner into a luchador mask is not my thing. I think like yeah, well there's definitely a uh there's a non-consent issue going there. So Yes. Madcap did not ask for that. No. So like we we're going to shame that right away. Mhm. I mean, I suppose that could have been well negotiated backstage. No. But uh I also just feel like WWE is doing too much with weird masks. And I don't mean luchador masks in general. I mean like Finn Balor's masks. <laughs> His like executioner masks or whatever they're supposed yes. to be. Like I want to see fewer unsettling masks Maybe in th- general. Maybe they'll just have like a masquerade ball and everyone will have a ridiculous mask on a stick. I want to support that. But right now I, I cannot give my support to that. <laughs> okay you've been traumatized by so many masks thank you 
This match closed on a really great note for me when Wade Barrett called uh, Scarlett and Karrion Cross a pair of moral failures. <laughs> I love when they do moral commentary on wrestlers. I think it's so much fun. Like if you need a little life lesson and I'm like, I don't think they're moral failures. I feel like they're winning at life. Like they're clearly into each other. They're having a great time. I want to be carried on my husband's shoulder. I loved that. They're very supportive of each other. They're on the yeah, same page. It's beautiful. Like, I don't know. I don't know what other morality you need. Like beating up your enemies. I'm not sure. They are partners in spookiness and I am here for it. What if they team up with Dominic to destroy Rey Mysterio? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like ne- Dominic's next Scarlet. incarnation is just spookiness. Ooh, I like that. I mean, he's trying on identities right now. And I mean, mommy is pretty spooky when you think about mm-hmm. it. She's a spooky chick. Mm-hmm. So when the judgment so, day breaks up, maybe they form a little I love quartet. it. It's just, it's a stable of couples that make you uncomfortable at parties. It's just crazy enough to work. Yep. I really, I dig this. I'm going to put that in the letter. Okay. Thank you. So I'm going to. As we move on here a little bit, our Queen Charlotte returns. Yes. And she has on one of the most glorious robes I've ever seen. It was incredible. I loved it so much. The big collar reminded me of a spider web. It was beautiful. Yeah. Like Charlotte's Like it had structure, (gasps) color, style, everything. Yeah, it was was amazing. Do you think (laughs) that after her shaming... At Scar- at uh, Charlotte's hands, that Rhonda will stay away for a little while. Do I think? Yeah. Well, I mean, do you hope and do you think? I hope absolutely. I hope. Um, <laughs> do I think? Mm, I don't think she's going to be gone for long. I know. I I keep picturing her coming back in the Rumble, and if she wins the Rumble, I'm going to riot. Yeah, I'm going to be extremely displeased as well. I have a question for you. Oh my gosh, please ask it. Do you think that Dominic ever looks at Charlotte and like freaks out because he's not as awesome as a wrestling spawn? <laughs> like they're both, you know, second they're generation. Nepo babies. Yeah. Like Nepo babies, like you said. So like he's got to freak out about that, right? Because she has just like destroyed it and can stand on her own two feet. He's not there yet. I think it's got to be tough to be the worst of the Nepo babies. (laughs) Especially now that Tamina isn't around very much. I mean, she was holding down that title for a long time. Although she seems like a really nice person. She probably is. I hope so. I hope most people are You know, Caliente. Caliente's probably a good dude, too. He's probably a very sweet person. I've just established myself as a heel as far as Dominic is concerned. So I have to, you know, maintain my character. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I assume he looks upon Charlotte Flair and despairs, although I think a lot of us do, you know? Yeah, I feel like it's that, Are you we know, ever... on your knees, staring up at like mouth hanging open, like, oh, you know. Yeah, you can either accept that as a miraculous experience or you can feel belittled by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, only he can say what he experiences. That's true. You're right. But it, it was it had crossed my mind, so I had to ask. I think that's a really I think that's a really good thought. Thank you. So eventually, uh Sonia Deville joins us and we have two women who absolutely look like dueling Star Trek villains <laughs> right now. I wrote down Sonia the Matrix Deville interrupts. 
<laughs> I mean, she is straight out of 1997. It's amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> what did you think about this match? What do you What are your feelings? I was excited to see Sonia because I I enjoy her as a wrestler. I didn't think she Always stood excited. a chance. Um, I didn't know what the crowd was chanting. Something about a trick. Wh- whoop! They were chanting that "Whoop that trick!" Whoop that trick is that a? Th- I don't know what that is. I mean, I. I want to say that I don't know what it is either, but I'm pretty sure a, a trick is a nasty word for a prostitute. Is it not? Oh, probably. Yeah. Um. I mean, she, I like that she came out with some guts and a little bravado and was like, let's oh, do gusto. this. And like, she always seems to do that. I feel like, I don't know. I want more for Sonia than just getting beaten I, up all the time. Yes, I always want more for her. It's like, I feel like she's so great and she's a little I feel like she's one of these people who gets put in this kind of like support role like Candace LeRae feels like she's in this kind of role for me yep Dolph Ziggler's in this kind of role the jobbers I don't know if jobber is even the right word for it because like they're not they're gonna lose but they're not necessarily gonna get squashed yeah they're just like they're coming out here to make somebody else look awesome, but not in the completely denigrating, demoralizing way that a do- uh, that a jobber experiences. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, so maybe I, I it's just that mean. I don't want them to be jobbers. I don't know. It that feels like a jobber to me, but I also don't always know all the terms perfectly. So maybe I'm just having a little bit of an emotional struggle <laughs> with my faves, although Dolph's not my fave being jobbers maybe you, you know maybe it hurts ask dad to clarify in his <laughs> next letter what a jobber is and if those people are jobbers or not dear dad please see the enclosed list i will need a definition i will need you to go through this list of 50 performers write the definition on the line next to their name yes please use 50 words or less because i am very very busy this week probably busier than you are dad I mean, honestly, I think so, right? Like, I don't have a personal assistant, and I'm assuming he does. I would assume so. I think that's, like, my ideal job right there, being dad's personal assistant. You would be freaking out on a daily basis. I would not be his ideal candidate for that job, (laughs) but for a variety of reasons. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, I also, like... You know, I don't ever again want to meet any famous person that I admire. It's uncomfortable. It's extremely traumatizing for me. Um, a couple years ago, I was really fortunate enough to meet everyone in one of my favorite bands. And I don't remember anything about any of those encounters because it was like terrifying. Yeah. I knew that I would instantly let them down just by existing the way that I exist, which is a fair bet. It's a fair bet. No, I know you want to say it's not, but it really is. It's not. Afterwards, my husband was like, they were so nice and cool. And I was like, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, you kind of black out. So I don't actually want to be. I want to be dad's assistant, but I don't want to be dad's assistant. Hopefully he'd pay well. I hope so, right? Yeah, he better. Put that in your letter. <laughs> Please include your starting pay and opportunities for merit increases. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So there was something at the end of this match that I also really liked. I don't know if you noticed. Um, the match ends and Charlotte kind of like rips the belt away from the ref. And then it's like, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> like, I didn't see that. Like, oh, my God. That's so cute. It was it was like she went in heel mode and I was like, wait, no, not a heel right now. She seemed like I mean, when she like when people were like chanting thank you to her or whatever, she seemed like genuinely touched by it. Like, yeah, I feel like she's nice, a little overwhelmed it? at the moment. I think I would be, right? Like, you come back, and when you left, people were like, you're oversaturated, and I'm a little tired of you. And now they're, like, yelling whoop that trick, and it's not at you. So that's a really good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree. I don't I don't think I could handle a work environment where people routinely chanted whoop that trick at me. <laughs> I don't think so either. I'd be like, can we not use that type of language? I don't want to denigrate <laughs> sex workers. Thank you. And I think if you like calmly and kindly put that to the WWE universe, they would absolutely oh, respect yes, your request. Absolutely. They'd be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you are right. I'm so sorry. What an insightful point. Thank you. And from a woman at that, we are grateful for your guidance. A woman will lead us. So uh, speaking of women who will lead us, I miss this part of the show, but I know that you have some thoughts on Our Lady of the Ill-Timed Tweet, Lacey Evans. So it was another stupid-ass video package with, like, a woman's voice doing the voice. I think it was a woman's voice. There was a voiceover. Not Lacey? I don't know if it was. I don't know her voice well enough, but they didn't have, like, an accent, so I don't think it was her but it's like gotcha. her wearing, you know, fatigues basically in like a green t-shirt and her hair is in, I think, a French braid. And of course, she has an insane amount of makeup on for being in the military. And like she's in the middle of the ring surrounded by like four other ladies who are trying to kick her ass. And she's like they're like circling around her. And it's just like basically mm-hmm. about how she kicks all of their asses. And like even before you know, you kind of pointed out what she said in that tweet or whatever. I was like, why is she getting a push? But like, especially now, (laughs) I'm like, why is she getting a push? This is how I feel too. And I thought maybe they had discontinued that push for very good reasons. But apparently we are really embracing the sunk cost fallacy. Like it's our job. Yeah, it's I, and I don't know what they're, what they're pointing toward. Like, what the fuck is the point of this? Like, is she going to appear at the Rumble and we're supposed to be excited about it? Like, is anybody excited about her? I don't... Nobody gives a fuck about Lacey Evans. I think this this is the best thing that can be said about Lacey Evans is what you just said. So <laughs> Nobody gives Lacey a fuck about Gate, her? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it. Like, what are you supposed to do with her? So yeah. when Lacey Gate broke out, I saw a tweet from someone. I don't remember their handle. I apologize for that. But they were basically like, Lacey Evans is a mediocre wrestler with mediocre mic work who is personally offensive. Like, that's too many struggles. Yeah. Put back some struggles, Lacey. Yep. Like, you're doing too much and not enough all at the same time. Like, I I am also very curious about who, other than someone on the creative team, is excited to see her come back. It feels... So this is one of the things when I said earlier, like, I wonder if... This feels like a Vince thing to me. 
I mean, I I could see that 100% because she feels like the kind of female talent that Vince is interested in, right? Mm-hmm. Conventionally attractive. Um, not a ton of interest in how great she is. And I don't think she's terrible in the ring. She's just, everything she does is vanilla pudding to me. But, you know, I think this has been in the works long before we had Vince to blame for it. She reminds me of wrestlers women wrestlers that i saw like early on in women's wrestling where Mm -hmm. they weren't really encouraged it seemed like they weren't encouraged to be like wrestlers they were just kind of encouraged to like be there do some wrestling look cool and i just feel like now women wrestlers have been allowed to be like more of their badass selves and she just feels like a relic at this point I think that's really insightful because to me, there's like good throwbacks and there's bad throwbacks. Yes. Scarlet totally feels like a throwback to me. Not because of her wrestling abilities, but like her look and her primary role as a manager feels very much like something that would fit in really well in an earlier era. I had a moment where I thought you said Charlotte and I was like, what? But then I realized you, you said Scarlet, and I was like, okay, this that makes much... Yes, over. I totally agree. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, not Charlotte. Charlotte belongs right here I'm with so us today confused. and okay. in the year 3000. No. But, like, yeah, she's, like, a delightfully retro act to me. Yes. But also, like, I, I thought she did fine in the ring. Like, she had some good spots. I was very pleased with her. Yes. Lacey feels like that sort of, like, she doesn't really need... A character because she doesn't matter. She's just a lady wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like there's so, like, no personality coming whatever. through. Yeah. 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 Like I'm not. You don't see anything except whatever gimmick they've slapped on her when you see Lacey. Yeah. At least when she had her like 1940s lady gimmick. At least that like that added a little bit of something to her. And I was really yeah. interested in her until she started doing this whole thing about like what a real lady is and like. And, like, that just yeah. destroyed it completely because I thought she was going to just be, like, cool 1940s lady. And, uh, of course, she ruined it. So, she sucks. I want her to go away. She was better as an aesthetic than as a character. Yeah. That's the problem with her, I think. I don't understand how she's been around so long. I don't get it. Somebody likes her. It must be. somebody is wrong. There's so much more talent. Like, there are mm-hmm. so many talented female wrestlers that could take up more screen time. And she's just like out there spreading horrible misinformation and saying really yes. horrifically offensive things. And they're like, sure, let's let's put a whole fucking series of video packages together on her. I don't get it. No, it's it's mystifying to me because it's like. If she were an exceptional talent, I would understand them sweeping that under the rug. It's why we accept AJ, even though he doesn't understand that the Earth is a globe. <laughs> yeah. Also, to be fair, that's weird as shit, but it doesn't hurt anybody. Right. He's not saying that, like, some people are, like, fundamentally broken. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's like believing in Bigfoot. Yeah. I think it's dumb, but it's a little charming. And, you know, if mm-hmm. you were my weird Uncle AJ, I would definitely try to get you to explain it to my friends around the holidays when they were around. Yes. She's odious. She so, is. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you sharing uh, this Lacey Evans update with me. I feel like some angry sportscaster the way I'm like screaming into my microphone about her, but I just really can't <laughs> stand her. 
I wish that you were wearing a tie and it was slightly askew right now. And there could be like a hilarious Chiron going on below me and a whiteboard behind me with stupid lists of things. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And maybe like that one guy on the money show, you just take a baseball bat to a coffee cup. I feel like if we ever do videos, I'll just have some kind of ridiculous setup in the back. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for that day. My husband really has a green screen. I can't wait for that day. So I yes! Yes! Anyway. But your husband does cooler stuff than mine. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just looking around and I've got like a plastic dragon statue to work with. So. That's kind of cool. <sighs> Here there be no dragons. <laughs> Only green screen. <laughs> So speaking of things that are kind of cool and then things that are not quite as cool, our next match is between Ricochet, who I think is extremely cool, <laughs> yeah, and Top Dalla, who can go sit in a ditch in the rain for all I care. I laughed when this match was happening. I've ne- It was a Royal Rumble qualifying match, which I don't ever remember <laughs> hearing of in my entire existence. Have, have these happened That's before? A thing. It's a thing? Okay. Yeah, they've, they've done it. So... When they announced that it was a Royal Rumble qualifying match, I literally wrote down in my notes, in all caps, is this about me, Dad? Am I a fucking joke to you? (laughs) Because, like, are you kidding me? One thing that Top Dollar has shown us, though, when I really stop to think about it, is that he is the ideal Royal Rumble entrant and even winner. Yeah. He can't clear the top rope. We've seen it. I was really concerned he was going to beat Ricochet. I was like, no, this, no, Ricochet needs to have all the good things in life. But even, even with this backdrop, I feel like Michael Cole is still a little too mean to Top Dollar. Oh no, what happened? I mean, just like the constant ribbing. Oh, okay. And I mean, like, Ricochet is being mean to him too. I feel like everyone's being really mean to him, but he deserves it a little. Well, and then we saw an official heel turn. We did. We saw an official heel turn. And I wanted to ask you as, you know, a really dedicated Hit Row fan. (laughs) What do do you think? Oh, you got to do it again. I talked over you. Oh, it's fine. I feel like I was kind of trying to do it in the background quietly. Um, I was trying to be your soundtrack. I think... (laughs) Like, I don't know. Maybe it'll make them more interesting. I don't think they're very interesting at all. That's the thing. Like, I. That's their problem. I, yeah. I like the velour. That's about the uh, whole kitten caboodle there. So maybe they'll be more interesting as heels. Do you remember when, I can't remember, it was Michael Cole or Wade Barrett said that Top Dollar had dop- dropped a diss track set to Ricochet's music? It feels vaguely familiar. That's a real thing. I went to his Instagram. Oh, he actually did? And he actually dropped a diss track where he raps about his beef with Ricochet. Is he a good rapper? No, he is as good at rapping as he is at wrestling and wearing velour. Very, very bad. (laughs) Very bad. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I, I guess my thing was like, it's a hit row heel turn, but I don't I don't think I care. 
No, I don't care. I liked when Braun came running out, and then I was like, yes. I was like, OMG, we need a bald dude with a beard battle royale. Because it was like, Ricochet, Braun, and Top Dollar all have the same like bald, bushy beard situation happening. Yes. And there's got to be some more we could rope in. We could put a bald cap on Finn Balor. Just get, oh, I'm Gallows and Anderson. They've got some yeah, I was bald dude say, facial hair. Like, Luke Gallows has it going on for this, so I think we're halfway there. <laughs> Just be amazing. I would, I would really be. Dead. I also like that Braun waited until Ricochet was approximately dead to make his entrance. He's like, "No, nope, I'm gonna let you figure it out yourself." He did that last time to him too. I know, like he's not a very good ally. If I'm being honest, maybe he's like too busy backstage canoodling. Well, you know, you want to canoodle, you want to canoodle. I gotta go, babe. <laughs> I love you. And he runs out. I really can't do that deep of a growly voice. I need to work on it. It really hurt me last <laughs> week after I did it. But did that stop me from doing it all week? No. No, it didn't. It didn't stop me at all. <laughs> so good. Just like Braun cannot stop canoodling, I cannot stop brawning. It's so. amazing. I love it. <laughs> Never stop. So after we uh, after we part company with Ricochet and his late, but I guess better late than never ally, mm-hmm. we have the bloodline backstage once again. Mm-hmm. And this is a real sea change in this moment. We had a lot of personal growth. Yeah. We had a lot of the accountability that we haven't been seeing, although I will leave it to you to tell me how genuine you think this is. Um, Roman actually apologized. I wrote in my notes, is this a trap? <laughs> so I, I was like genuinely scared the entire time that something horrible was going to happen. I I don't I don't know. Based on what happens like later, it seems like he's kind of chilled out and back to normal. But mm-hmm. he's a little mercurial for my my taste. I feel like this is one of those things that is going to end in like. Sammy having to cut off his hand to prove his loyalty to Roman Reigns. Very Greek tragedy taking taking form. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's I think it's really nice to see that softer side of him like apologize after being terrible. But is this just another bad romance novel trope where it's like he's the guy who doesn't like anybody and he's really mean and grouchy, but he likes you and he can actually apologize to you and feel his feelings with you. Well, then that's where Sammy is. And then he's demanding a redemption match. So it's like, even though he's like, you're right, it's my bad. However, you still have to make it up to me and fight your ex-boyfriend. And that is why next week on SmackDown, Sammy Zayn will face Kevin Owens for Roman Reigns' love. I mean... I'm just hoping that they like realize that they are the true love and like yeah. push Roman Reigns by his face like out of the picture <laughs> and skip off into well, the sunset. It's really hard. I mean, look, if you're into second chance romance as a trope, which I definitely am, like <laughs> it's so yes, hard. I am. It's like my number one thing. I love it. It is so I'm sorry. No, I said I love it. I love it too. But like, it's so hard to admit that the new guy was a mistake mm-hmm. and just a rebound, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, Sammy basically like got broken up with and joined a cult. Yeah, and then you got to rebuild a whole bunch of trust and KO's right? kind of a grumpy dude. So like, it's a it rocky could road. Be worse. 
Yeah. He could have joined the Judgment Day. It could be weirder. <laughs> that would be amazing. Sammy right? the Judgment like, Day. Bloodline was pretty intense, but I think actually what I'm looking for is a full-on like cult. He dyes his hair and beard black. He's <laughs> <laughs> wearing those weird masks. <laughs> but his beard is just like poking out under it. <laughs> I would love that. I would really love that, too. <laughs> also, importantly, during this segment... Everyone was sitting way too close to the television. They always do. They always do. Way too close. I I can't see it without just my boomer mom like flipping out. Yeah. It's always bad. Absolutely flipping out. But we came out of this tender moment to a not so tender moment during which uh, the Usos took on the newly crowned Banger Bros. Gross. How do, You don't like Banger Bros? <laughs> you don't think it's got a good ring to it? What about me suggests that I would like banger bros? Um, everything since the moment I met you. <laughs> I I just have a real objection to the word banger, I think. So is this to say that my request that we start calling ourselves the Smasher Sisters will be denied? No, Smasher's fine. I just don't like banger. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is uniquely terrible, although earlier in the night when they kind of share that they're the banger bros and they're just like slapping each other in yeah. Jerry Lawler's bar. That I was really into. I was like, this is delightful. That was a delight. I realized how much I fucking hate that hat on Sammy, on Sammy, on Seamus's head. Like it looks <laughs> so stupid on him. I thought that we were kind of leaving the Peaky Blinders cosplay in the past. No. But Seamus can't quit it. He can't. He's got to look. I feel like Seamus probably doesn't have a lot of, like, style sense. And, like, he's kind of found this look and it kind of works for him. But, like, like me, I find an outfit that kind of works, but I somehow managed (laughs) to ruin it a little bit. And he managed to ruin it with that hat. He's like, it's a whole look. It's like, it is a whole look. That is completely (laughs) accurate. It is something. Yeah. But, you know, Drew also, in this match, brought a lot of look. He had his uh, Bodice Ripper cover look on, his kilt, his sword. Yes. What do you think about that? Do you like it more than the Peaky Blinders look? Absolutely. I think, (laughs) I mean, it speaks to my ancestry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's a cultural thing. How dare I make fun? I think that, like, I think he pulls it off better because he's just, like, this giant fucking dude and so it's just like yes of course i have a sword and a kilt and like flowing beautiful hair like it's just like that's how his bit is supposed to be i mean i can absolutely see him like riding his beautiful stallion across the highland marshes and to seamus's credit i don't think that like any hat's gonna look bad on him it's that particular (laughs) hat because he pulls it down so far on his head. It's like yes. someone came up to him like a bully and like yanked his hat down and then just got stuck there. <laughs> Is there a particular hat that you'd like to see Seamus try? Um, he'd even look cute with one of those like little paperboy hats. You know, the kind of flat cap. Yeah. You know, just like something that doesn't smash his head down so much or like leaves a little bit of hair showing. But right now, like... A quarter of the like size of his head is being taken away by a hat that's smashed down over his head. It looks like he got caught in a rainstorm. <laughs> what do you think about like an Amish style hat, like the Undertaker used to wear? I do don't you think remember you could rock that, hat. that. 
I mean, it's it's kind of like if you picture like an Amish gentleman in his traditional garb. Um, I don't think. I mean, I feel like the little page boy or whatever hat, paper boy hat, would go yeah. with the rest of his getup. So you want to keep the aesthetic, but just modify it slightly. Yeah, I don't mind the A shirt and the suspenders so much. That doesn't bother me. I guess. I guess I just wish that someone would take him aside and be like, do you know what's totally okay? Jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. I think I've seen him in jeans like once. (laughs) (laughs) And they're probably awful dad jeans with like the weird legs. They have a lot of sparkles on them. (laughs) I've seen men's jeans with lots of sparkles on them, which there's nothing wrong with men's jeans having sparkles on them, quote unquote men's jeans. But Seamus would look hilarious in those. Well, I think all jeans with a lot of sparkle on them is not a great look for anyone. I feel like Bianca Belair could pull it off. Yeah, that's true. But she's like a glittering queen. Mm-hmm. Seamus is not a glittering queen, sadly. And he's not a glittering king. No. He just glitters. Yeah, you know what? Glitter would be worse for him, I think, because I'm imagining like really terrible early aughts. I think he would. Maybe if he wore one of those um, Fair Isle sweaters. Oh, you know, okay, like I a like cozy that. Irishman. He would look very nice yes. as a cozy Irishman. But he's not going for cozy. I like that. He's a Celtic no, fucking no, warrior. He's not. he's not a fair isle dude. He is going for turn of the century criminal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do we what do we want to say about this match? Um. So the I mean I like the match, but my favorite parts like Sammy and company stole the show and the backstage shit. Like yes. Sammy has popcorn. Roman's like, where the fuck did you get popcorn? And then they <laughs> all have popcorn. Like it was popcorn. just, it was so beautiful and amazing. Um, <sighs> I was super grossed out at the end when the Usos won because of shenanigans, and Sammy was like humping his popcorn bucket while popcorn like <laughs> flew out into the air, and I was like, this is too much. This this tipped over into like gross teenage boy territory for me. Yeah, I think if someone is ejaculating popcorn, things have gone too far. It's like it's just it's a bridge too far did you notice that there was a moment when like jay um i think it was jay smashed into drew smashed jay into a barricade or jay smashed drew into a barricade i don't remember but um i think maybe jay flew out of the ring and smashed into drew and there was this like gaggle of like 14 year old boys like freaking out really excitedly but then also like a few people down was this like insane 40 something dude like losing his mind like <laughs> screaming excitedly and waving his hands and like he made me so uncomfortable i was nowhere near that man and i was afraid of him no i didn't notice that i'm kind of glad i he didn't. was really unsettling like nice. the kind of like excitement that you probably saw at like the january 6th like insurrection like that kind of level of just like gross mega excitement a and real Megan treason daddy. Sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> I said a real treason daddy. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I'm not going to say anything goodness. about that kink. That's that uh, we're going to shame that one 100%. There's another there's another bit of shaming I also want to do <laughs> where Wade Barrett once again referred to Drew McIntyre as Scottish beef. <laughs> He called him 280 pounds oh, yeah. of flying Scottish beef. Wade, no. <laughs> Stop it right now today. It's so gross. I just don't call him food. No, like don't don't turn him into anything consumable. Like he's already made himself a snack. Like you don't need to like f- further food objectify him. 
It is for us to objectify him, okay? Get <laughs> in line. That is our goddamn job. You know, and we're doing it in like a beautiful, flattering way, admiring his kilt <laughs> and his sword and his luscious hair. Not he's turning a it into girl. some sort of. He is a pant. No, he's not a Pantene girl. No. He's like a high quality. Oh. What was the really nice shampoo you got? Like JVN shampoo? Oh, yeah. I got a free sample of JVN shampoo. Well, I mean, I I think Drew is investing in some like Maybe. salon quality products. Maybe he bought the pros stuff that you get like professional, like personally tailored to your hair. Yes. Needs. But what he is not is like some sort of sexual hamburger. <laughs> no. No, he's not. <laughs> I also I had a really embarrassing moment during this match. Oh, do tell. I want to preface it by saying that it was just last week that I learned that in Vogue by Madonna, you know when she's saying a bunch of like silver screen era names like Greta Garbo, Fred Astaire, Lynn Monroe, Dietrich and DiMaggio. Yeah. yeah. Well, at one point she says Ginger Rogers. Yeah. And that was real news to me because I spent my whole life thinking she said gingivitis. No, you didn't. I did. And I look back on that and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why did you think that? What made you Why think of that during this match? I, well, the reason I'm telling you this is because sometimes I believe things for a very long time that aren't correct. So, you know how Seamus does a brogue kick? <laughs> yeah. Did you think it was for since Go ahead. this is the first time I saw it, I thought it was a bro kick. Because he's a bro. <laughs> Gingivitis. Dance on Gingivitis, air. people. I oh, bless it's you. like so disgusted with myself. I turned That's to my horrible. husband and I said, It's called a brogue kick and he just looked at me <laughs> with its level of disappointment in his face. And you know how often he looks at me in disappointment. <laughs> it's seen, daily. I've seen it. So many times and at he's so like, many levels. Yeah. What did you think it was? I was like, I nothing. I thought it was a Baroque nothing. kick. <laughs> bling, 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 bling. So, Seamus, congratulations on the Brogue kick. <laughs> and finally introducing it to me after decades of watching this fucking sport. I'm proud of you that you now know that it's Ginger Rogers, though. Yeah, so I think those are equally embarrassing, but maybe Ginger Rogers' gingivitis is a little more embarrassing. It might, it might be. It might be. So, uh, yeah. I'm never going to hear yeah. that song the same way again. Oh, bless you. Oh, this is real journalism. Just like getting honest, getting real. And now as we turn to Monday night, getting raw. I knew it was going that way. I'm proud of you. See, I saved being a complete idiot a with great a great segue. transition. Great transition. So when we start Raw, we have like a little bit of a twist. Kevin Owens is in our city. He's on every show now. <laughs> He's like, yes, every segment is on every show. <laughs> Did they do? I was just trying to think. Is. I mean, I guess some of the wrestlers then are are doing probably more traveling, right? Because if they have to be on both yeah. brands, the shows aren't in the same city always the same week. Yeah, that that's my understanding is some people are just literally living in airports. Ugh. I just imagine them driving everywhere like 
Dave and Gareth. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like, you know, wrestlers talk about that in their books that they're not, you know, sometimes they are driving yeah. between cities when it's close. Mm-hmm. So, and I bet those are like really interesting road trips. Well, remember that show they used to have? What was it? Ride Along or something? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was all kind of fake and stupid, but I also enjoyed that because, I don't know, you got to see a little bit of them. It was kind of fun, mm-hmm. yeah. But it wasn't just Kevin Owens who was in our city. No, it wasn't. It was also JBL, and he brought his stonks and his cows and his friend, Baron Corbin. So... We were watching this, and my husband was like, what is Baron Corbin's? And then I was just like, he's like his shtick. Like, what is his bit? And I was like, he's a Run DMC reject, I think, because, like, <laughs> he's wearing, like, the Run DMC hat, and, like, he has oh. the vibe, but he's definitely not cool enough to be in Run DMC. Like, I really don't he's understand what Baron Corbin's supposed to be, like, what his look is supposed to be. I don't really know what his look is supposed to be either. So, like... <sighs> I mean, I think my understanding is that Baron Corbin was once an arrogant heel and then he lost everything through circumstances I don't remember or understand. And then maybe he won some money in Las Vegas or maybe he lost his Las Vegas money and now he's less sad. I okay. I feel like I used to know this at one point and now, much like Ginger Rogers, it's just... Gingivitis. It's, gone. it's not understandable to me. I had a thought... It doesn't really fit in necessarily with this part, but I was like, what if Roman and Solo or whatever bloodline people just start beating KO so badly, right? Just like beating the crap Mm. out of him that Sammy just cannot help himself, but he goes out to save Kevin because true love. Yeah. Right? There's got to be something. Like Sammy's breaking point has to be something. And I feel like it's KO. I feel like it's going to be like... You know, there's a moment where Sammy really needs help and who probably Roman, but whoever in the bloodline does not come to his aid. But then Kevin comes to his aid and shows that no matter what happens, he's there, you know. I'm fine with either of these storylines, which is why we need to be writers at WWE. Absolutely. I mean, it needs to go in the letter this week, I think. Like, we have some serious concerns about the situation, and here are some options. It did feel like JBL and Baron Corbin were sort of weirdly shoehorned into this situation. Yeah. Um, Like, they needed something to do with them, and, I mean, I don't know. My favorite part of this, though, is, like, the whole time that they're talking, KO is just standing with his head on the turnbuckle. (laughs) Like. That was so the greatest good. no-sell I have ever seen. Just like, nope, I'm just going to stand here and not listen to you. It was incredible. I loved it so much. He was like the embodiment of those, like you see a screenshot of a text message online and the first message is like really, really long and the person responds with something like, there's no way I'm reading all of that, but like, congratulations or I'm sorry that happened to you, whichever works. <laughs> like He was just waiting it out. Yes. <laughs> It was magical. I love him. I really enjoyed JBL's use of woke chubby hands. (laughs) Like, as someone who has woke chubby hands, I'm not sure that this was the right target audience to fling that accusation around, but, like, I respect his panache, I guess. He tries. 
He does his best. He's got a big hat and bigger dreams. He does. And he's, I mean, he's pretty but, quick. I, I mean, he's fast. I like that about him. Yeah. I mean, he, you kind of like, you love to hate him, right? Yes. It's like the JBL shtick. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought they had a perfectly nice match when things turned to an actual competition. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed seeing KO and Baron Corbin do what they do. Mm-hmm. And then, I i mean, I don't think it was a huge surprise that KO got the win here. No. It, also not surprised when the Usos and Solo showed up. Like, also not surprised that Adam Pierce came out like he mattered. Like. I know. Like, I am relevant. <laughs> it, felt, it felt like we were just having this match to wait for the Usos to come out. Yes, to give them something to do. You know, like, that was our plot point. Um, yeah. I did like that KO was like, I would not like to be murdered with a chair today. Thank you. But this is not the right opportunity for me. And Solo was like, I am pretty sure it is the right opportunity for you. Yeah. You know, I was, I was talking to my husband about this cause we, I guess we disagree on it because he's wrong about everything. But why do you think Adam Pierce is here? I don't, I don't know. I, it's like. Well, because Triple H can't be, I guess. So they need some, like, bald white guy to regulate. Because it's not the refs that are going to do it. Who's going to decide matches? Like, there's supposed to be somebody deciding matches, right? I mean, William Regal is back from AEW. Couldn't it be him? Is he back? He is. He's back. Yeah. Oh. Maybe. I just, like, I, I feel like there's so many other people it could be other than this bland piece of dry toast is really bland i don't know i'm not sure what his deal is. every time i see him i'm like why are you here but i did like that he set up a tournament for everyone who had been personally victimized <laughs> by the usos yes. pretty great yeah pretty great i agree i enjoyed that <laughs> and i mean it's a lot of people as we learn later a lot of people have been personally victimized by the usos they are the regina georges of the tag team division <laughs> oh my god <laughs> They're so rude. So jumping ahead a little bit, uh, Alexa Bliss decides to come out and share some of her thoughts with us. As Sandy from Greece. She, <laughs> she definitely had a bad Sandy vibe. She that had is bad so Sandy true. pants on. Yes, she was a very bad Sandy. I mean, she's like, she's not just a bad Sandy. She told us she's the face of evil. So... I don't know if this happened when you were watching this, but like she's doing her thing and Uncle Howdy shows mm -hmm. up, right? And there's the smoking door. And then like yes. it just like cut to commercial and then came back yeah. and we have no idea what happened. Which I, I guess is like sort of it's sort of like I am on this Alexa situation. It feels like it's where Alexa is herself. Like, what do we think is happening here? Like is she in control, like she says? Is she brainwashed? Oh, my God. See what I did there? I <laughs> yeah, I, I did. That, that was a real L.A. Night joke. Yeah! Like, that was great. What do, you, what do you think her situation is? I don't know. I mean, maybe she is running the whole thing. I was just, like, really annoyed that, like, they bother bringing out Uncle Howdy and then absolutely nothing happens. It's like, I needed to see something, like... Have the lights go out. Like they I they cut to commercial at like the most annoying fucking spot sometimes. Yes. And so it just made me angry. Um 
I mean, obviously, she's now heel. Bad Full Sandy. Heel. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. bad Sandy now, as opposed to good Sandy. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of this. What do you make of it? Well, she did say conspicuously that she has the whole world in her hands. Yes, she did. Which is an old Bray Wyatt line. Yes. So, I mean, I'm very interested to see where this goes. I think we also did make one important discovery about Captain, or I always say Captain Howdy, Uncle Howdy this week. What? He is not three Alexa Blisses (laughs) stacked under a trench coat. That's true. We now have definitive proof. I agree. (laughs) I was like a little disappointed. I was like, well, I guess it's not three Alexas. I had a thought about this and I just was really amused and I was thinking about the idea of Uncle Howdy traveling to the different shows. (laughs) In full, like, Uncle Howdy gear? what's he doing? Is he driving? Is he taking a bus, a train? Is he flying? Like, how do you think he gets there? He's driving a hearse. Does he just, like, teleport? Is he a ghost? Like, can he just kind of, you know, like, transubstantiate? He definitely drives from city to city in a hearse. I definitely thought of that, too. A hearse. That's amazing. Listening to Rob Zombie really, really loud. Drinking pitch black. uh, Yeah, he's got a 20-ouncer of pitch black. (laughs) He'd rather just have the two-liter, but he's embarrassed. Yeah, well, I made him feel bad about it. Right. I mean, there was a little shaming. I don't want to name names, but yeah. And I think he's got the window down because there's no air conditioning. And yes, it's winter, but that's not the point. Absolutely not the point. Definitely smoking some camels. Mm-hmm. And I think he occasionally stops in a small town or at a truck stop and murders a drifter. <laughs> the idea that all that smoke from him coming out has just been him backstage <laughs> just smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and he opens <laughs> the door and all the smoke comes out. <sighs> Bray's like, Jesus Christ, you gotta quit, man. It's disgusting in them, man. <laughs> or it's the smoke from him burning the murdered drifter. <laughs> Either way, it's unsanitary, and I do not approve. <laughs> Gotta cut the crap, man. <laughs> Cigarettes kill. I am man. excited to see how this unfolds, though. It yes, further strengthens so my theory interested. that it's Bo Dallas, since it's not three Alexis in a tra- trench coat. Well, you know, it was neck and neck, and I still maintain <laughs> that it's the Undertaker, which is again not a popular theory in this household. But have you, you know what? Your What's right isn't always popular. That he's the Undertaker yet. No, he also does not believe he is the Undertaker, but in a strange chain of events, he does believe he is the American badass era Undertaker. Oh. Does he wear a little bandana? Can you imagine? <laughs> Lip biscuit playing all the time. That would be such a weird transformation. <sighs> We're rolling in this household. I would expect so, so many pictures every day. <laughs> In uh, in a far less supernatural <laughs> segment, we then moved on to Bailey with her good friends in Damage Control taking on Meechin, who seems to have finally completed her final Pokemon evolution into Meechin. Yeah, she looked super cool. I really liked her she blue did. hair. I think seems like the whatever potential seeds of discontent that were sown by Becky before seem to mm-hmm. have not taken root because... Damage Control seemed very happy to be there with Becky. She gave him the night off. They seemed to like that. Speaking of hats that are problematic, do you think that Seamus's hat is worse than Dakota Kai's leather spangled beret? I didn't really notice it, so prob- I guess it was just very innocuous to me. 
it's it's a leather beret so <laughs> it doesn't cover up her whole hair though and like it doesn't remove a quarter of her head no it just kind of looks like the business end of a bagpipes <laughs> on her head i'll have to pay closer <laughs> attention i don't know how i missed it you've got to pay attention to this couture it is very very I'm important slipping. you're slipping Sorry. um I feel like I feel like Meechan is really like not here to make friends. She's like, I came to Becky's aid because Becky needed aid and it was the right thing to do, you know, and she just wants to brawl. Do you get the feeling that she just wants to brawl? Yeah, I feel like she's very um like just wants kind of things to be the way they're supposed to be and is just gonna fight people to make sure everybody stays in line and follows the rules and yes. like does the thing that's supposed to happen. Like, is she a solo Sokoa style enforcer? Is she here to enforce? I don't know. I mean, she's tough. She like is tough. She's super cool. <sighs> I don't know. That's a really good question. She also has a like a pretty great backstory about overcoming an abusive relationship and just being like tough as nails. Oh. And. Um, she credits one of her very good friends with helping her with that situation, Shelton Benjamin. That's very sweet. I thought you were going to say it was They're you. always... Not me, no. I, I would love to be of service to Meechin, but unfortunately, I wasn't her there at the right time. Her very good friend, but. Jazzy A, helped her through a tough time. <laughs> but, like, they're always mean to each other on social media, and I think it's really cute. Oh, they have one of those relationships. Yeah. That is sweet. I like that in I like that in fiction and stories. I don't think I could handle that kind of relationship. Like if you were mean to me all the time, I'd be really sad. You are soft as baby shit. That is confirmed. But I (laughs) I love that about you. I am delicate. (laughs) Soft feelings, and that makes you a wonderful human being. Thank you. I was also I was a little confused about the commentary surrounding this match. Like they kept talking about like how it would be such a big deal for Meechin to beat Bailey, but it's like everyone beats Bailey. Yeah, I think they've positioned Bailey really strangely. Like, yeah, I, I think because she's a heel and because she's kind of a goofy heel, I feel like it's like erased some of her street cred. Mm, but no, then at the same that. time, they're still saying like she like every now and then we see old Bailey being amazing. And I don't mean old Bailey as in face Bailey. I just mean like badass destroyer Bailey. So mm-hmm. I don't really know what's supposed to be happening with her because sometimes it's like. I don't wrestle very well and I need help from everybody and sometimes she's like I will wipe everybody out yeah I think I think Bailey's in a strange place and I think if this was the NFL Bailey would not be going to the Super Bowl this year probably not but I just was like guys really I don't know if it would be that big a deal and it's like you know I was just thinking like they kept saying Becky's not here, right? Because people wanted to see Becky. Right. Did something happen to Becky or she just really wasn't like... She just wasn't there. Yeah. And I, I, I suspect her absence was, you know, to kind of drive home that point that like you helped her out, Meechin, and now we're together as besties and we're beating you up and you, you know, threw your lot in with someone who really doesn't give a shit about you. Okay. Because after Bailey cheated for the win, of course, we also had the backstage smackdown. Yeah, they super beat her up. I felt bad. I felt bad, too, especially because her eye makeup looked fantastic. Especially because that wicked boot from EO Sky at the end. I was just like, yikes. 
I guess that was slightly worse than messing up her awesome eye makeup. You have a very good point there. I kicked her right in the face. Yeah, that was right. Yo is very, very tough. I wouldn't mess with her. No, I absolutely would not mess with her either. I also just wanted to note that I don't know if you if you saw this because I'm not 100% sure how you watched this. But I saw an ad for Nikki Bella Says I Do during the Bailey and Mitchin match. I saw match. that too. And I, I guess congrats, Nikki Bella, but I thought you got married forever ago. I think she was going to and then it like she keeps getting sort of left at the altar. I am also really tired of seeing the ads for Barmageddon. Jesus Christ. During Raw. So tired of it. So terrible. Anyway, I mean, that's a real side note. But Nikki Bella, I wish you all the best, but I am not interested in Barmageddon. Me either. So we also learned this week that Johnny Gargano is dealing with some sort of devastating sprain and is going to be out for a little while. Poor Johnny Wrestling. Yeah, get better, Johnny Wrestling. Seriously. So now you have more time to hang out with baby wrestling. It's true. It's a really good fatherhood moment. But uh, Candace was not home (laughs) with a sprain. Candace was ready to fucking rock. She was busy being stalked by Nikki Cross in the background, <laughs> looking 100% like a cardboard cutout. Like, it took me a second to real. Like, I was staring at it. I was like, did they make a fucking cardboard cutout of Nikki Cross? And then I saw her, like, move, and I was like, okay. Either one is amazing. I Like, they've been drawing this out forever. I think it was really great because, like, sometimes you've got Uncle Howdy lurking backstage. Sometimes you've got Nikki Cross lurking backstage. There's always someone in the production equipment who should not be trusted. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. And then it turns out that Rhea was also <laughs> back there lurking. So much lurking. And uh, she was a lot of lurking. And I felt like she was so mean. Mm-hmm. And I had this really strong desire for Candace just to hit her in the mouth. I was like, so th- the funny thing is, is like, I don't know that we get to see it much in WWE, but like, it's pretty universally known that Candice LeRae is a fucking badass. Like, and so mm-hmm. I was just like, kick her ass, Candice, kick her ass. Because I like Rhea too, but I was like, she's so tiny, she can totally take her on. Yeah, I think so. If it's all right with you, I'm gonna jump right into their match sure. here, even though there was some content in between here. Yeah, we can backtrack. Um, but I feel like. So this is why I was talking about, you know, wrestlers you really like being in that sort of like, I guess, job or capacity. Like, I don't always want to see Candace lose. Like, I get why we're not putting her over Rhea Ripley right now. But yeah, I feel like this is what happens to her every time I see her. She's like the supporting actress. And I'm just like, this is sad because she is so great. Maybe that's what she wants. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't want a big fat push, but I don't know. It just seems sad. Maybe she's just waiting until baby wrestling can be like fully in daycare before she can really. Maybe. I thought it was really funny push that Corey deserved. was concerned about baby wrestling if both Candace and Johnny are injured, but yet he's also worried about Dominic's post prison life if Rhea's injured. Aww. And he was talking about conjugal visits. I was grossed out the door. Yeah, that was that was really really concerning for me. Like this prison angle is killing me slowly. But maybe not in the worst way. I'm really enjoying it. Well, we'll talk about it later, but during the the tag team turmoil matches, I was dying at the stuff that he was saying. So it was... Oh, my god! It made me like Corey Graves for a minute. Conjugal visits were just a delicious appetizer. <laughs> it's just like, why do we... For what was to come. Do this? Don't do this right now. 
but yeah, like the Rhea and Candice match, like there were some brutal spots. I felt like everybody did a really good job, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't want any more Candice squashes. Yeah, this felt squashy to me. Yeah, it really. And I don't. I am not a big fan of the squash match. I don't think it does anybody any favors. I know you don't like it. I just. I get it. I get the utility of it sometimes. But, like, what was the utility of that match? We already know that Rhea is a destroyer. She's the eradicator, right? And I feel like at this point, it's like Rhea had an intergender match. Why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we doing more with that? Like, it's been weeks and nobody said a fucking thing about it. Right? Like, can't we progress in that area a little and, like, leave poor Candace alone? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, it it's a weird match. Speaking of weird things. Oh, God. It was theory time. And his weird chest hair. And his weird, weird chest I hair. I think he's and still Austin growing theory, it out. I think he is. I think it's a work in progress. Maybe he waxed it once and it's not coming back in as quickly as he thought. Uh-huh. So now he's. it's like having one weird eyebrow after a waxing incident he's just got to live with it he's in the awkward phase of a growing out it's like there's always like it goes awkward yeah. good awkward good awkward and then it's finally okay again i mean i i feel like his wrestling career at this point is best described as an awkward phase Ugh. everything about him is awkward awkward and boring like he was talking about how like he outshines everybody and outclasses everybody i'm like austin austin no nope. no you are freaking terrible, but then, but then Seth Rollins appeared, <laughs> dressed as Jiffy Pop, sexy Jiffy Pop. <laughs> I was excited what to a, see him. What do you think about his outfit this week? Love it, hate it. I liked the um, sheer top. That's what stood out the most for me. His sunglasses were too much for me. They made me. They reminded me of those ones that like they give people who have had like eye surgery, and they're just like giant. <laughs> light blockers you know what i'm talking about <laughs> that's what it I, that's what it felt like and i was like that's not a fashion statement but i decided that if austin theory wins the motherfucking royal rumble <laughs> i'm going to riot yeah i think that's really fair i uh, i was like don't threaten me with a truly terrible time I will be that so That you will mad. ruin not only the Royal Rumble, but also WrestleMania. I will be so mad. And he very well could. I will I will threaten to stop watching wrestling, and I won't mean it, but I will threaten it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like if we threaten that, like, we could probably really make Dad take notice. Absolutely. He's going to be like, shit, this is getting serious. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely... <laughs> uh, we weren't the only ones who were not super impressed with Austin Theory. Bum, ba, da, da. Bobby Lashley is unfired and on fire. So there was like a really big pop when he came out. And I was like, do you think everybody was really excited to see him? Or was it just because they were excited for someone else to come beat up Austin Theory? I think this is a real why not both case. This is the little girl with the hard and soft taco shells. (laughs) Why not both? I think you're right. Like... I was glad to see Bobby. I'm glad that he's like not dealing with the rigors of unemployment, but also like, please just stomp Austin Theory yes. into a greasy little flatten spot in the him ring. into a yes, just make a little puddle. Yes. 
So I, I guess that was like the feel good moment of this segment, other than that, you know, Seth is looking fashionable, yep. confident, and not super in need of that crutch. Do we see a moment in the Rumble where it's Seth, Bobby, and Austin like facing off oh, for just a second in the ring? I think absolutely, and I really hope that's not who it comes down to. Dude. <laughs> I won't live. I, I won't live. I will, so, I will be so upset, especially if they bring out, like, Edge or something, like Edge makes his return, <laughs> or, like, fucking Cody Rhodes, which is probably what's going to happen. I'm just like, <laughs> they, ugh, ugh, okay. I'm just going to get so I will call up. it right now that I have Cody Rhodes to win the Rumble. And I don't think that's a particularly wild prediction. Okay. I'm not ready to call I don't. it yet. But I have been thinking about who I would be the most pissed off if Austin Theory eliminated them from the Rumble. And Edge is a good candidate. Very good candidate. I will lose my goddamn mind if that piece of shit eliminated anybody I care about. Yeah, I. we will riot. There will absolutely be a riot. I hate him so much. Were there any other hateful things you wanted to say about Austin Theory? So many, but I'll save them for other shows. (laughs) So we also, speaking of Cody, we did take a look at Cody Rhodes, which I thought was a really weird way to frame this. Like, a look at Cody Rhodes. And it was kind of the same video package they've been showing. Like, yes, which is great. But I I have a question. Um, Okay. And my question is this. Do they need to hype Cody so much? Like, I feel like they don't, and, it, and my theory is like, Same. he's Cody fucking Rhodes, right? Like, when he shows up, people are going to lose their goddamn minds, right? Yeah. So, my theory seems to be like, are they hoping to keep showing this for ratings? So, they're like, hey, he could come back at any time. So, make sure you're watching every single product, just in case. I honestly think that's part of it. I think it's like, sure, you can tune in at the Rumble and probably see Cody, but what if he comes back the Monday before? Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss that. Yeah. I'm excited for I Cody also, to come back, but I'm just like... I'm so excited for Cody. I'm like, yeah. I don't know that you need to have a video package every five minutes about Cody Rhodes. Like, I think people I are generally over... I think he's over. Like, people I love him. That. There are some places you need to put more work in. Cody Rhodes is not one of them. Like that, that ship is steering itself. Yes. I also, I don't want to see Cody's surgery. No. I hate when they show the surgery in the like return video. I don't need to see that. So he's like, hey guys, you want to see some bloody shit? Because here it is without warning. I don't want to see his purple pack anymore. Like, I get it. I don't want to see his neck tattoo, but there's nothing we can do about that. No. I think, unfortunately, until the moment we have some new footage of Cody, he's going to be the boy with the busted titty, and there's nothing (laughs) we can do about it. Yes, it's true. We've just got to live with it. It's like the boy who lived in Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) And just as meaningful (laughs) to the world. Same impact. (laughs) A cultural moment. So we also we I feel like we had a lot of backstage there stuff was a lot of over backstage the last couple stuff. shows. Yeah. And we transitioned to your favorite, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, he's not my favorite, I just like him. Backstage with Mustafa Ali and they were having a little tiff. Yeah. I so I like when the I don't remember her name, the 
interviewer she's like i'm hoping to get in a word with dolph and he's like literally like two feet away from her just kind of like <laughs> bouncing on his heels and like i think you're gonna be okay trying to get a word with dolph but congratulations kathy you did it i mean i feel like they're setting up something where Mustafa's gonna do something to fuck up dolph's chances at something but i don't yeah i don't know if they're putting that much into it i'm not sure i assume they're both gonna be in the rumble yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think we're definitely going to see a spot with them in the Rumble. And neither of sure. them will no. win, so. No. I guess I expected a little bit. Like, I did not think Dolph Ziggler was going to beat Solo Sokoa. No. But I kind of expected that maybe they would turn up at the end of Tag Team Turmoil and maybe have a moment. Yeah. I, but that didn't happen. I did like that they they at least made it kind of look like it was a tough match for Solo. Um, yes, I enjoyed that. Yes, I mean, they did. There was a moment there where I was like, "Oh my God, Dolph Ziggler might actually beat him." How'd you feel in that moment? I was very excited. I was also excited, but I think for very different reasons. Why? <laughs> in that same moment, or just because you love Solo? No, like I was afraid he was going to lose, and I was like, "No, not this way. <laughs> the street champ doesn't go out like this." I just, Dolph Ziggler is such a ridiculous character. I think that's why I like him. You know, every time he does something that annoys me, I will out loud say to the TV, you were in the Spirit Squad. What's the Spirit Squad? Oh my gosh, you don't remember the Spirit Squad. Okay, so the Spirit Squad were a bunch of male cheerleaders, and the joke was that they were male cheerleaders. Oh, oh, it wasn't that long ago, right? Wasn't, um, it wasn't. Wasn't Fandango in that group? You know, that's a great question. I don't really remember any of them except Kenny, and I believe Dolph Ziggler was Nikki. Oh, they had names? Okay. Yeah, they had, like, little nicknames. Oh, okay. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Of course it's hilarious to be a male cheerleader. Right? What's funnier than a man doing a sport that's for ladies? (laughs) So stupid. It's deeply profoundly stupid but still when i'm mad at dolph that is that is that's what I fair him, i think so that's i'm fair. just as bad you could be mad at dolph <laughs> permanently i think because of that i do think though that this was one heck of a match it was a it was good. good match yeah i really enjoyed it i was on the edge of my seat for some of it so there was a point where solo just threw dolph out of the ring and i was like now that's a yeet <laughs> he just yeeted him out of the ring that is an aggressive, aggressive. <laughs> That's yeet. great. I thought it was funny that like, so he wins via Samoa Spike. But when they show the replay, it's like never look at this shit too closely because his spike went into like the back of Dolph's shoulder when he hit him, <laughs> and, I, and like it's supposed to go into his neck, right? That's the whole point. Like, yes, yeah, no, it went into the back of his. Shoulder. And I mean, I'm sure a well taped thumb to the back of the shoulder would feel like shit, but that is not what it's supposed to do. I he's gonna break his thumb like i feel like he does i feel like in order to tape it effectively enough that it's not gonna break it needs to be much thicker than what he does so like more tape is what you're advising yeah like an oven mitt situation i like how at the beginning of the match he kind of like checks to make sure his thumb is loaded (laughs) that's really he did it twice so he was like really concerned this match it's gotta be so awkward to just like you can't look at the camera but the camera is totally on you and you have to do something cool (laughs) i also during this match i kept thinking everyone here needs to use their purple shampoo 
Like you guys are brassy. They are brassy. I think brassy is coming back. I do I've not seen accept it. it. I've seen it around the yellow blonde that was popular in the 90s. I feel like a lot of things from the 90s are coming back and I don't like it. That is the look that I rocked for my high school graduation photos, much to my parents' <laughs> delight, I should add. And uh, I like no. the music. I like some of the fashion. I don't like yeah. the heroin chic that was popular. Mm-mm. A lot of bad things in the 90s. You got to take the good and the bad, I guess. No. Just like our good friend, Dominic Mysterio, and uh, his prison retrospective. So this is kind of like a little two-part thing here. We have a lead-up where Dominic kind of like rehashes his prison experience. Mm -hmm. And it's all leading into Ms. TV. Yes. And this got a little bit complicated, right? Because Dominic is sporting a new look. He's got a bandana and a flannel. Yeah. I think he's like, he's got a tougher look, you know, like a, he's a different man now. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we have him going into Ms. TV, but we know that the Miz is going into Ms. TV under duress because earlier his good friend, Bronson Reed, basically tells him, like, I'm not here for you, buddy, unless you pay me. Yeah. Miz doesn't have any so, friends. No, the Miz does not have a single friend that he doesn't pay. And, like, on one hand, I really respect the hell out of Bronson Reed for this. Like, you don't do emotional or physical labor for free. I agree. Yeah. We stand a labor-friendly king. He's, he's unionizing like, himself. This is kind of like the complex scenario we go into on Miz TV, where the Miz is just here to try to do some hard-hitting journalism, but he has no allies. And he didn't bring enough chairs for the whole Judgment Day. Yeah, and Dominic's trying hard not to laugh the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the best at this, okay? He just got out of prison. I love that he said he knows how Martha Stewart feels and that he was that never was sure favorite. when his next meal would come. And I was like, I'm <laughs> pretty sure that shit's pretty regimented in prison, dude. I mean, I'm pretty sure he wasn't there long enough to get more than one or maybe a snack. I think but... they said he was in jail, county jail for like three hours. <laughs> three hours? <laughs> <It was> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were so many great lines mm-hmm. in this, like... He's seen some things that make it hard to smile. He was forced to live off of gruel, gruel sandwiches, eating his own hair. <laughs> it was beautiful and terrible. There were so many great lines. I just like couldn't keep up with trying to write them down. But I remember at one point, and it might have been later during the tag team turmoil, but Graves saying like he was just doing like hundreds of pull-ups a day. <laughs> In, in his cell and like, just like oh my god it was amazing and I mean I want to credit the Miz here too because at one point when he apologized for the chair situation he was like I was expecting Dominic and his mommy <laughs> you guys didn't RSVP it was fantastic also can we just talk about the Miz's suit for a minute it was great it was wild. I just really like most of his suits. I didn't like the weird gun holster thing he had on the back of it. <laughs> like, I don't know what he was trying to do. But I, I did like his suit. Do you think that Seth saw that suit and was like, shit, I have to up my game. <laughs> Say, I got to crank this up a notch. Maybe I should talk to Maurice. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's got to take it to 11. I, f- 
feel like she would give some good suit advice. She's very fashionable. She is very fashionable. I miss Maurice. I mean, I I didn't really want to hear Dominic talking about Maurice grabbing the Mrs. Balls. That was a deeply weird moment. But I would like to see Maurice absent of the Mrs. Testicles. Yes, I enjoy I enjoy their interactions. I do too. They seem like they genuinely like each other, which is so nice. Yeah. And then I don't know how you felt about this, but I felt like the transition to the tag team turmoil from Ms. TV was so confusing. It really, really was because it was like, oh, the OC's here. Time for tag team turmoil. Like they made it this big thing. It's going to be like this big, like gauntlet sort of situation. And like they're going to be tag team champion showdown with the Usos as a result. They're just like, we're just going to tumble on into it. Yeah, I was like, why? Why did Gallows and Anderson give a shit about the Miz? Why are they here to defend his honor? Did they did he hire them? But no, they were just ready to throw down. And this was like, I thought a really great ending to the show. Yeah, this it was really fun to watch this whole mm-hmm. thing unfold. Like there are large sections I don't have a ton of notes for because I was just like, wow, me too, wow, wow. So, um. But we, well, I was just going to say the biggest sort of highlight throughout, like I said, is just all the stuff, like the amount of fun Graves was having talking (laughs) about Dominic's life in and out of jail and prison. Um, He, he did at one point compare Dominic to James Dean. And at that point I was like, I have to retire from life now because I cannot put Dominic and James Dean in the same universe together. That doesn't compute did you question everything you'd known no i was just rageful (laughs) rageful i'm sorry you had to feel that way me too thank you i feel like i don't know if this is a controversial point with you or not i feel like damian priest was the mvp of this entire situation absolutely i was like that dude's got to be so tired at the end of this like, he is just kicking ass, taking names. Um, and I feel like I am not usually into, like, the quote-unquote big men of professional wrestling. That's not, mm-hmm. like, a a thing for me. But I really enjoyed, like, him and Gallows working together. Like, I thought they were great and kind of, kind of illustrated how you can be big men, but also, like, fast-paced, a lot of exciting stuff. I think Damian Priest also, for, like, a big wrestler, is a lanky son of a bitch, so... He is lanky. It's fun to watch him because he's like a big, long spider. <laughs> the highlight of all of this was, th- was like, all the matches I think were fun, but the Street Profits, like, the last match, the last yes. match that they got to at the Street Profits was fucking unbelievable. It was unreal. I spent the whole match just kind of, like, with that, like, you're covering your mouth, mm-hmm. like, ah. Because it was so good. So I don't know if you want to talk about other matches before that or if you just want to talk about this one because I found this one the most compelling. I don't have a ton to say. I mean, I thought they were all extremely good. I was happy to see Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Yeah, Alexander. that was fun. Yeah, I thought Alpha Academy was terrific. I thought it was nice that people wanted Otis. I know, I love like, Otis. Like, I also want Otis. He's so he great. He's nice. Um, I also, I loved the debacle <laughs> Where, like, Finn can't wrestle anymore, right? Like, Finn can't do it. So, 
Adam Pierce comes out and he's like, Dominic's going to have to step in. And Damian Priest is like, I'll do it by myself. <laughs> Nobody wants Dom to wrestle, including Dom. Dom is such a shit heel that he's like, I don't care how hurt you are, Finn. You need to wrestle. You're fine. Rub some dirt on it and get in there. Like, I'm sorry you have a punctured lung, bro, but I was in jail. So it's really the same, and you should just get back in. I feel like they kind of gave it away because Dom came out in his ring gear. Yes. And I was like, he doesn't wear that unless he's going to wrestle. No, we you could tell he was going to get involved if you if you look back at the signs. I also feel like he and Rhea are starting to get the same hairstyle. Yeah, well, couples start to look alike. I don't like it. She's too you know lovely to have hair like his. That's true. I think she needs to trim it up and uh, maybe just break up with him. Just move on. Exactly. No more mommy. Yes. 100%. No mommy. One thing I didn't appreciate was that the Street Profits came out in velour. I loved it so much. <laughs> you sons of bitches. I love Am velour. I a joke to you too? I love velour. I, just, I, I did I think though like. Why. So Montez's pants, I was like, man, those look so cozy, but they just seem like they, they are just cozy. too hot to wear when you're wrestling. I don't feel like velour breathes. I, yeah, I imagine that's a clammy environment for the body during a wrestling match. I can't <laughs> imagine it feels good. Clammy. <laughs> so while this is happening, there is this spot where oh my gosh. Montez Ford... Yes. Is coming after Dominic Mysterio. And he's kind of like he leaps up because he's gonna he's gonna spring. And Damian Priest comes around and just like knocks him into the announced desk. Mm-hmm. And then as this is happening, Angelo Dawkins comes flying yes. over the top rope and sticks the fucking landing. That was, was incredible. Like, you two are incredible. So that was amazing. And then also, I think like the one of the coolest things I've ever seen in wrestling happened not too long after where motherfucking Montez Ford like leapt over a ring post and did a flip and landed on Damian Priest outside the ring. Like I've never seen a wrestler do that. I was freaking out. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I was like, Montez Ford is my new favorite wrestler. I also think him doing a 450 is uniquely impressive because of his height. Is like he, he does a 450 tall? at a, I'm sorry, what? Is, is he not super tall or? Uh, no, he's a pretty tall dude. Okay. And this was in addition to the cool thing that you're talking about in the yes. ring. He does a 450 and it was so smooth. And I was like, you are amazing. You are both amazing. I need, I need him to be like in more stuff. Like I really hope that they push both street profits because that match was so good mm-hmm. it makes me really sad that they lost <sighs> I, I, mean, I love judgment day but they should have won that match i was so outraged like all of my goodwill that dominic <laughs> earned through his experience with the carceral state was just obliterated <laughs> by the ending of that match did you hear ria call him dom dom <laughs> i did i hate it <laughs> Show him that prison aggression. Show him that prison aggression. She is great at saying the worst things with like such sincerity. I love that about her. So yeah, I was really sad that the Usos or that sorry, that Judgment Day won this because I 
wanted street profits to fight the Usos because I think that would be really, really cool. Seriously. I, you know, it was so good that I was like, they're going to win. And this is going to be fantastic. And then, lo and behold, Caliente fucks it all up. (sighs) Caliente fucks everything up. (laughs) He's a drain on our joy. (laughs) But yeah, this was so much fun. I love match setups like this where it's just Mm -hmm. like one after another. And, you know, like, I think it's a gauntlet match. I think that's kind of how it works. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I would love to see more things like that. Again, we're getting more of our, like kind of bonkers matches um i need street profits to like have some sort of awesome run yep i need a really big street profits moment that lasts for uh just an extended period of time need a lot of them i think that would be great i guess it's been a really mixed bag for me because like you know we've had a lot of these more high concept matches but we've also had a lot of allure so i'm just trying to uh just trying to find my way and it's just a win-win for me, so <laughs> I am trying to empathize with your sadness, but I love Valor. Also a win was Finn celebrating in his chair. His reactions are hilarious. Like him trying to look scared yeah. was like John Cena levels of trying to look scared. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, it's too much. I love it. <laughs> so as we... um. As we wrap this, what do you think? Well, I guess first of all, do you think when the Judgment Day faces the Usos, do you think it will be Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio because of how this went down? Or will it be Damian Priest and Finn Balor? I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be Finn and Damian. I hope so. I just worry, like, the thing is, like, both sets of teams have so many people who are willing to do shenanigans it's true So, like i don't know if they're just gonna make everybody leave or mm. if it's just gonna be like shenanigans ho like anybody can shenanigan it up i don't know it's shenanorama Ooh, i like that and then i guess do you see the judgment day unseating the usos as raw's tag team champions i don't no, I don't I don't know that I do either. It still doesn't feel real. It feels like no one can dethrone them. It feels like every every tag team to beat them would be a disservice unless it's like New Day or maybe Street Profits now because Street Profits mm-hmm. holy shit. Right. Or like I'm trying to think of another tag team that I think is like just as hardcore. Maybe KO and Sammy, but that like that's, <laughs> that's not going to happen. I kind of I kind of feel like I've been in a place where I think the only people who can dethrone the bloodline are the bloodline themselves. That makes sense. Like they're going like, to fuck it up for themselves. Right, like they get too high on their own fumes. They get too convinced that they're immortal and that's when it all yeah. comes crashing down, but they also seem to be like really aligned right now. So, I don't know. Maybe the bloodline is forever. I'm wondering if this is just going to go until WrestleMania and then maybe they get unseated at WrestleMania. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, I think when it explodes, it'll be a big explosion. It'll be very interesting to see, but I cannot predict what will happen. I can't predict what will happen. And also I'm not tired of it yet, which I really like. Sometimes some of these storylines, I'm just like, oh, fuck off already. Like this is stupid. But like this one is really good. It's really well done. And there's suspense and like, 
anything can happen. Like we are just living in the bloodline cinematic universe right now. <laughs> it's true. But that's our life. They have Did you uh <laughs> Did you have any final thoughts on uh Raw or anything else wrestling related this week? I am just really excited for the Royal Rumble. I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing the card and making predictions next week. Mm-hmm. Um I think it'll be next week. Maybe the week Let's after, see. depending on dates. It's the 28th. So um, our next, let's see, we'll probably record again on like the 17th and then the 24th. So we probably 24th. won't do our predictions next week. It'll be the next, next, next. But yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited about what's coming. I'm trying not to think about the specter that is Vince McMahon. Yeah, I think... I think we have to focus on the good times right now. Yes. And enjoy what we have because who knows how much longer we're going to have it for. I know. I don't want one of those like situations like I don't know what you got till it's gone situation. Like I know what I got and I don't want it to be gone. And we just have to hope at this point that Vince does not pave paradise and put up a parking lot. That fucker. He totally would. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, um, thank you for joining us once again this week for Wrestling is for Girls. You can check out all of our older episodes on our website, which is wrestlingisforgirls.com. And you can find old episodes and brand new exciting episodes each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to say hi or tell us we got something wrong or just let us know how much you dislike Austin Theory or Velour or any of these, you know, hot points for us, you can reach us at WIF Girls Pod on Twitter. Have an amazing week and, you know, be more like the Street Profits and less like Dominic Mysterio. 